This episode of Gather and Go is brought to you by Visit Atlantic City. Live to explore in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Atlantic City welcomes one and all to the seaside destination where local spirits are connected and the celebrations are unforgettable. Learn more at visitatlanticcity.com. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to Gather and Go, the podcast that helps you plan, promote, and lead better trips. I'm your host, Brian Jewell, feeling relaxed and refreshed and ready to go after a great holiday break. I'm so excited you decided to spend some of your time with us today. And as always, our promise to you is that we're going to do everything we can to make that investment of your time worth your while. Today, we're going to do that through a great conversation with Sahara Rose DeVore, who is the founder of the Travel Coach Network. Now, if you don't know what travel coaching is, or you maybe have heard about it, but are a little bit unclear about uh, the role it plays in our industry, this is going to be a great opportunity for you to become familiar with a growing trend. But even more than that, Sahara is going to talk with us about how she and other travel coaches are helping people really tap into the transformational power of travel and how you can do the same on your group trips. It's going to be an enlightening and inspiring conversation. Before we get there, though, let's start with some travel news you may have missed. Perilla Tours is launching a series of faith-based itineraries. The company, widely known for its trips to Italy, announced late last year that it will offer tours highlighting the country's religious heritage beginning this spring. The initial faith-based offerings will focus on famous Italian sites such as the Vatican in Rome, Assisi, which was home to St. Francis, and Padre Pio Sanctuary. The tours will also visit lesser-known religious sites around the country. Uh, Steve Perillo, the company's third-generation owner, said there are also plans to offer tours to Israel once the war with Hamas is over. Perillo is looking into tour possibilities in Egypt and Jordan as well. The expansion into faith-based tours comes on the heels of a banner year for the tour operator. In light of that success, Perillo has hired additional leaders to help grow business beyond Italy. The company plans to accomplish that in part by focusing on the group market in 2024 and beyond. Now it is time for the road tip segment of our show. That is the part of every episode where we reach into our bag of travel experience and pull out some tips and tricks that we think will help you make your next trip more successful and less stressful. And today's tip is all about navigation when you are in an unpopulated area. In fact, when you're in an area where you may not have cell service. You know, we all rely so much on our smartphones. And when we travel, I know I certainly rely on the mapping and navigation functions of my smartphone to get me from where I am to where I'm supposed to be. And Usually that's not a problem, but every now and then, uh, if you're traveling from one city to another city, you may pass through a remote or unpopulated area where it's very hard to get a cell signal. And if you've ever found yourself needing to look up some information or get directions to a place, well, you know that without that cell signal, your phone can't pull up a map, let alone uh, any of the other information you might need, like phone numbers, contact information, et cetera, et cetera. And that can put you in a bind, especially if you need information quickly or if you've gotten a little bit turned around and don't know where you're going. 
Well, the good news is that uh, the modern generation of cell phone operating systems now allows you to download maps in advance. And this is actually a huge help for people who are traveling. I'm going to explain to you why. But first of all, we need to start with a little bit of an understanding of how your cell phone actually works. Now, your cell phone is capable of sending and receiving a variety of different kinds of signals. Uh, we're all familiar with Wi-Fi, which is the wireless internet signal that you get when you sign into a network, say at your home, at your office, maybe an airport, a place like that. When you're not signed into Wi-Fi, your phone is using what we call the cellular data network to send information back and forth. That's the, the network that your carrier has constructed with cell towers all over the country. And most of the time, you're probably within range of one of those cell towers and you can get the information you need just fine. But there are times when you're traveling that you are out of cell range, you don't have any cell service, and that can make it a little bit tricky to get information. But there is a third kind of signal that your phone is always sending and receiving, and that is a GPS signal or global positioning signal. Now, this is a signal that your phone is sending directly uh, back and forth with a whole network of satellites that are orbiting the Earth. And it's this network that's able to actually uh, pinpoint your location and help you uh, find out where you are in relation to the places you need to be. Now, the interesting thing to note is you don't have to have a cell signal for the GPS signal to work, which is why your phone still knows where you are, even if you're off cell data. And that's a great thing. But where things get tricky is if you are on that GPS network and you are trying to map your way to somewhere you need to go, but you don't have cell data because uh, your phone uses that cellular data to download the map information so that you can get a visualization of where you are. So your phone knows where you are based on GPS coordinates, but if you're not able to download that map, well, you just have a location with no context as to what's around you or how far you are from the place you want to go. But the good news is that now you are able to download maps in advance, and that solves this problem. So if you know you're going to be driving through an unpopulated area, if you know you're going to be counting on your phone to help you navigate where you're going or where your motor coach driver is going, it's a great idea to go into your map app, select the area where you're going to be, and choose the option to download that map in advance. What happens when you download the map is that no matter whether you have a cell signal or not, your phone is going to be able to use the GPS coordinates that it's getting off the satellite system and overlay them on top of the map it has already downloaded so that you know exactly where you are and your phone can generate accurate turn-by-turn -turn directions to get you to where you want to be. And the great thing about these maps is they don't just have navigational information. Uh, they also have details about businesses, organizations, hospitals, points of interest, all kinds of things like that that are within the map zone. When you download that map, you're going to also get addresses of all these places. You're going to get their business hours. You're going to get their phone numbers. So if something comes up, if there's a change of plan, if you need to quickly divert from the route you thought you were on and find your way to a hospital or a grocery store or something like that, you can find that information in your map app even if you're not connected to a cell network because you have downloaded that map in advance. So uh, there are various different ways to do that depending on what kind of phone and what kind of map app you're using. It's certainly possible both on Apple Maps and on Google Maps across a variety of different platforms. If it's something you're interested in, uh, do a quick Google search or look in your phone's help or tutorial section 
those sources will help you figure out exactly how to do this. Um, but it is a great step to take before your next trip, uh, especially if you know you're going to be in a remote area and you want to be prepared for anything that might come up that you weren't expecting. And that is your road tip of the week. Now, before we move on, I want to take a minute and share with you just a little bit of news from us. Now, I hope by now you are familiar with our on-site familiarization program. This is a series of fam tours that we run in partnership with cities and states and even some countries, well, across the U.S., and around the world. Uh, you can always learn about the latest FAM tour offerings that we have on our website at grouptravelleader.com FAMS. But I've got some news for you about a brand new opportunity that you haven't heard about yet. And let me tell you, this is going to be an exciting one. On July 28th through 31st, we are hosting a FAM trip in Savannah, Georgia. That's in partnership with our friends at Visit Savannah. Uh, this is a beautiful historic destination, one of the most visited uh, destinations in the Southeast. And on this trip, we are going to be doing things like a trolley tour of the historic area. We're going to go on a dolphin excursion. We're going to have a gospel dinner cruise. We're going to visit some historic churches, lots of other fun and surprises on the way. Uh, and here's the great thing. Once you get to Savannah, all your expenses are going to be covered courtesy of Visit Savannah. Now, this is going to be one of those trips where we have many, many more people apply than we have space to accommodate them. So your best chance of getting to join us on this trip is to go register right now at grouptravelleader.com slash savannah dash fam. That's grouptravelleader.com slash savannah dash fam. And of course, I'm going to put that link in the show notes so you don't have to worry about remembering it or writing it down. But if you register today, get that registration in soon, that's going to give you the very best shot of getting one of those limited seats we have available on this trip. And as always, if you have questions about this trip, please feel free to give us a call at 859-253-0455. Ask for Bryce or heck, any of us in the office would be happy to help you out and give you the information that you need. We're excited about this one and we hope you can join us Get that application in right now at grouptravelleader.com slash savannah fam. All right, it's just about time for us to get into our featured conversation with Sahara Rose DeVore. As we get ready for that, I just want to remind you, you don't need to worry about taking notes because I am taking notes for you. That's right. We're going to come back at the end of the conversation uh, with a wrap up of some of the most important points. And I'm also going to include those in the show notes, which you can access right below wherever you are listening to this podcast. And let me encourage you to stick around to the very end of that, because after the interview and the wrap up, uh, I am going to share some of my thoughts about traveling in contentious times and how we in the travel industry might prepare ourselves for what is sure to be a hot election year in 2024. You won't want to miss that. We'll be right back with Sahara Rose DeVore. Atlantic City is ready to celebrate life's greatest moments with thrilling year-round events and attractions. With 24-hour gaming at nine casino resorts and stellar entertainment throughout, Atlantic City is sure to provide iconic celebrations. Historic, wooden, and more than five miles long, the Atlantic City Boardwalk attracts visitors from all around the world as they create their own waterfront memories. You can stroll the wooden way by foot, 
on a bicycle, or via the legendary rolling chair. Bask in the glowing sun, take a dip in the Atlantic Ocean, or stroll along the white sandy beaches to find the perfect seashell. At the famous and free beaches of Atlantic City, adventure is on the horizon. Known for its thriving culinary scene, Atlantic City welcomes all to explore its famous dining establishments. From celebrity chef hotspots to locally owned eateries, Atlantic City's restaurants are well-equipped to accommodate special events for large or small groups served in unique spaces. Start planning your Atlantic City trip at visitatlanticcity.com. All right, everybody, my guest today is a wellness travel coach and the founder of the Travel Coach Network, a global community of travel coaches. She has traveled solo to 84 countries, has spoken on the TEDx stage, and has been featured by more than 175 media outlets. In 2023, she was named one of Travel Pulse's most influential women in travel. Sahara Rose DeVore, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Brian. Thank you so much for having me today. I am so thrilled to have you. I have to know how you got to 84 countries and what made you decide you're going to do it solo. Yeah, that's a really great question. Uh, I was never someone who grew up uh, thinking that I would travel the world. I come from a small family uh, in Wisconsin. I'm an only child to a single mom. And our extension of traveling when I was younger was everyone gathers in the family van and we drive from Wisconsin down to Southern Texas and then over to Mexico. My grandmother on my mom's side is from Mexico. Mm. And then uh, I remember bits and pieces of that because I was so young. And then we would do the same thing up to the French region of Canada, which is where my mom, my grandpa, my mom's side was from, but I barely remember that. So that was our travels. We didn't have anyone that traveled for business in our family. No one went on vacations. No one went on planes to go anywhere. So travel was just never something that I thought about. So when I was in university, I also was never someone who knew what I wanted to do for a career path. I had all my friends graduating high school, going into college, knowing what they wanted to study. I changed majors several times. You know, luckily the first couple of years of university, it really doesn't matter because you can try different courses, but it became the third year of university and I was actually switching schools, moving back to the Midwest from Arizona. And I had a very short window of time to find a new school to go to. And what I said, what do, what do I want to learn? What do I want to study? What am I going to be doing for a career? I really didn't know. And I came across a hospitality and tourism program at a school called Roosevelt University. <clears throat> and I said, travel, that sounds cool. I've heard of this thing called backpacking Europe. That would yeah. be fun to do one day. Uh, I had no idea what I was looking to learn or looking to get into. And it was really that first day in a uh, univer university where I really was exposed to how much people traveled in other countries and how easy it was. We had a lot of foreign exchange students from Europe and uh, from Southeast Asia, and they've been to like 5, 10, 15, 20 countries. My mind was blown. And something inside me said, I'm going to figure out how I can travel the world once I graduate. So I had two more years and I made it happen. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. So uh, you set out, uh, you went all over the world. At what point did 
that go from, I want to have an adventure to, I see the potential for a career here? Yeah. So I, I didn't know that I was going to fall in love with travel. I thought I was going to go after university. I'd saved enough money to go on this European backpacking trip. I'm an only child, so I didn't worry about going with anyone or, you know, having friends to travel with. So I went on my first solo trip and I thought I was going to go for a month and a half. That's as long as my year rail pass lasted mm. at the time. Um, and I w- thought I was going to come back home and then, quote unquote, figure out my life, settle down, find a job in a corporate office and work my way up and make my mom happy. And I knew that doing that was not going to make me happy. I knew that working for someone else or a company that didn't really value me or told me I couldn't go on a vacation when I wanted to in my 20s, I was not going to be satisfied. So I guess I got bit by the travel bug, but I came back home for the holidays after Europe and I repacked my bags and I bought a one-way ticket to Central America. I went to Costa Rica and it really just was on and off from there. And I still struggled for a really long time to figure out what I wanted to do with a travel career. Granted, this was in 2010 when I started traveling. Mm. And back then, they we didn't have all the social media and apps and travel platforms and career options that we have now. They're very traditional, work in hospitality, be a travel agent. Um, then all of a sudden, I, I say I travel during a really prime time in the industry. Mm-hmm. There was a rise in technology and social media and the impact it had on travel. So I got a really well-rounded perspective, but I still felt like there was a void in the industry. I still said, I don't want to be a travel agent and book trips. I don't want to write about travel. I don't want to work in hotels. I don't want to be a flight attendant. What can I do with all this love and knowledge I have about travel? What There has to be something more. And I struggled for almost a decade to figure out that. And that's when I realized at the age of 30, I gave myself that window. At 30, you'll figure out your life. So 30 (laughs) came came about and I sat down with a computer for the first time traveling with a computer in the north of Spain. And I started Googling how to start an online business. What are people doing online? How do people make money? What are travel jobs online? And I came across the coaching industry something clicked to be a uh, travel coach. And that's how I started my business in 2018. Yeah. So uh, travel coach is a term that many people may not be super familiar with, or they might be uh, a little bit confused about what it means. So explain what a travel coach is and how it may be similar to or different from the travel advisor that so many of us are familiar with. Yeah, great question. So when we think of a travel professional, travel job, our minds automatically go to a travel agent, travel advisor, you know, same thing, um, because that's really the the boxes the industry has put up around what you can do if you want to help people travel more. Mm-hmm. And travel coaches, on the other hand, help people set intentions for their trips and really understand why they want to get away so that they can bet- make better planning and booking decisions. It's really about those underlying motivations and really using travel as that tool for things like transformation, reaching personal or work goals, or even boosting our mental overall well-being. So when we think about the true reasons why we travel, go beneath the surface of the generics nightlife and lay on a beach and five-star restaurants, what, what are we really looking to get out of this and how can travel really be used, this experience really be used to benefit us? 
because it transforms our lives in so many different ways. Travel coaches just bring that to the surface. Yeah, I, I want to talk more about transformational travel uh, in a few minutes. But first, um, so you started this coaching network. You've got uh, tons of members now. Tell us about uh, the growth of travel coaching as a concept, uh, how quickly it's growing, and what you think in society or in the marketplace is kind of driving that growth. Yeah, so we, um, so when I started my own wellness travel coaching business in 2018, because I said, I'm going to be a travel coach. What area or niche or area of expertise do I want to focus in? I was more passionate about really helping companies embrace and understand the value of travel for their employees. Because as a traveler, despite skipping the corporate route, I had met so many other travelers who were quitting the nine to five to travel or wanting to travel the world more and just leaving their corporate job. So I said, I want to focus in in that. There must be an issue. So shortly after I started my own wellness travel coaching business and posting about it online, I had others reaching out asking about travel coaching. What is it? Where can I learn about it? Where'd you learn about it? I might be doing it already. I might want to do it. So there wasn't a platform. There wasn't anything out there for it. Uh, something clicked again within me. And in early 2019, I founded the Travel Coach Network and been growing that platform ever since. And now we run the world's first and only International Coach Federation accredited certification program. And the reason why I believe, and not only that I believe, but I've asked my members what draws them to our platform, uh, to our program. And when we take a look at what happened during 2020 and 2021, 2022, when travel came to a complete halt, it got flipped upside down, shaken up, and given a fresh restart. But that time also allowed people working in travel or travelers the time to really reassess how they were helping people travel and what travel meant to them. Hmm. And they started organically looking for something else more meaningful online, and travel coaching came up. And that's how they started coming to our platform. Um when I get people who come to our programs or, or Facebook group or platform or website and I ask, how'd you hear about us or what brought you here? They're like, I've always been looking for something that I can do that's more aligned with what I believe in about travel and how I want to help people travel. And the industry hasn't been able to allow you to do that until now we see the concept of travel coaching. Yeah. So uh, for a long, long time, many people's paradigm around travel has been, like you mentioned, the beach, the, the five-star restaurant, you know, shopping in a different place than where they can shop at home, all that sort of thing. Transformational travel is really kind of a different paradigm. So for people who may never have thought about travel as a transformational instrument, tell us more about what that means and what kinds of changes people are looking to travel to help them fulfill in their own lives. Yeah, why travel coaching has been such like a flip in the way we think about travel is because oftentimes these transformations or these uh, changes that we get while we travel has come as an afterthought or mm -hmm. we have the experience first and then we come home and we're like, wow, that really you know impacted me or you share these memories with your friends and family or you get bit by the travel bug and you keep on going. Uh, so it's just proof that travel has the ability to really make an impact and change us. But travel coaching brings that 
to the surface first. So it brings intention to how can we use this trip and what are we looking for? Um, I've heard of so many different ways that travel can transform us. I know from our own, uh, my own experience, you know, I, a part of my story of I don't often, I often skip over of why I started traveling after university is um, it's not, I'm not ashamed by it. I just often forget to <laughs> kind of bring it uh, to the surface, but um, I've always struggled with anxiety. And mm. during that time when I was graduating university, I, uh, my anxiety was going through the roof and I started experiencing bouts of depression that I've never experienced before. And I just wasn't happy. I wasn't happy in my life. I didn't want to be in the big city of Chicago. I was having a same routine. I was working in restaurants that I was getting so burnt out because I was just saving money for the, this tri these trips. And I just was like, I need a change. Like I need to go somewhere and I need to get out of this mindset and this environment. And often people look to that. We hear escapism. We hear a getaway. But what what is causing you to get away and how what are you really looking for? Mm. And I think that's what travel can really do for us. The human connection that we get, the self-reflection that we do while we travel, the um, the realization of just how much more is out there, the empathy we gain, the stories we hear from the people that we encounter, the stories we gain ourselves, how it can boost our confidence. All of these are transformative. But the most important piece is how can we help people tap into that transformation and actually apply it and, and use it to better themselves or better their lives or or their work life or their relationship? Because, you know, all of this, it's not just anecdotal. It's not just people sharing their stories. And, you know, there's so much research out there on all these mental, social, physical, overall wellness benefits of travel. Now it's just how can we really flip the script and tap into the power that travel can have on us? Yeah. So uh, a few years ago, of course, Eat, Pray, Love comes out and it, it creates maybe a, a Hollywoodized, you know, stereotypical version of, you know, the idea that travel can be transformational or, you know, can help you through a difficult season in life. Uh, how much do you say, oh yeah, that's a bunch of Hollywood nonsense and here's what transformational travel should really look like? Or or was that a pretty good portrait of the power of travel can have for people? Yeah. I mean, of course, it's a bit sensationalized, but it really has those key elements of it really are truthful. You know, we can find someone that we fall in love with or have a deep connection with. People do it all the time. Mm. I've met incredible people around this world. Um, it really is a journey of challenging ourselves and, you know, learning about what we want in life and what we don't want in life and having these experiences that really enrich us. So I don't think that there was anything. There's a reason why that book and movie made such an impact and inspired so many others, especially women, to go on these solo adventures and solo travel, especially in the female uh, industry is through the roof and continues to skyrocket because of all of the possibilities that travel really can bring to us. Yeah. I'm curious if you can dig a little deeper into uh, that specific demographic profile of women uh, traveling solo. What is it about travel that is attracting women in greater numbers than men, specifically looking for that transformational experience? 
Yeah, I actually, there was something I recently came across an article and it said how solo female travels on the rise and why is it that the percentages are higher. I didn't dive into it, so I don't have any stats, but it's very true. And even just seeing the Travel Coach Network, we're 90% with, uh, female and 10% male. It's just, there's something about travel that women tend to gravitate and value and put into action. And I think a part of that might be that, you know, on the solo trips, men tend to be a lot more social than women. Um, and women, I think, are very capable of being alone, but also being social and having that balance. Um, I know from my own experience traveling, I, I would see a lot more female solo travelers and a lot more men traveling with their friends. Mm. Um, and it's just an observation that I, that I made. But I think that women are a lot more willing and motivated to make a change and really sculpt the life and happy and find what happiness looks like to them. And maybe, and, and this is just a guess, but maybe men are a little bit more complacent and it is what it is and just pushing, powering through versus women are like, what else is out there? What else can my, can I do with my life? And travel has always been that kind of shiny object that we have turned to, to kind of get out of um, you know, the environment that we're in. And what I've also noticed is that, especially in the travel coach network, we've have so many different travel coaches who focus in different niches. And some examples that I've heard and worked with some of my coaches are, you know, women who go through a divorce and, you know, life transitions. So divorce or career change, or they're empty nesters. And they're like, okay, this is time for me to really find out who I want to be and find out what I want to make out of my life. And I, there's something behind the action taking that women are a lot more hesitant to do, I think. Um, but I don't know. You're a man. What are your thoughts on that? Well, listen, we don't have to beat around the bush. Men are pretty simple. You know, <laughs> if we're if we're well fed and, uh, you know, can watch the football game or whatever, a lot of times we just don't have the same internal motivation to uh, to, to get out there and explore. Not that, that men don't love travel. Of yeah, course, yeah. Uh, I do, but yeah, I, th I think there's definitely something to that. So uh, give us some examples of some of those transformational experiences, either that, that you had in your travels or that you have heard about people, you know, doing something or meeting someone, having some experience on the road and then bringing it back in a real way that affects their life going forward. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course I have my own, but one that stands out within my travel coach network that I always bring back as a, a guest coach and a speaker at my events, um, is a lady named Sue and Sue started traveling after she lost her husband, um, mm. very abruptly and unexpectedly and years ago. And, you know, as you can imagine, that's going to flip your life upside down and, um, she was just at a loss of what to do with herself and her life and her mental health and everything. And her friends started inviting her on trips. And then eventually, and she just found it as a time to just say, yes, just, mm. yes, I'll go. I don't care where we're going. Sure. I'll go. And then eventually that turned into her going on her own solo adventures. And she didn't know that travel would be such a healing tool for her during that. But she, always shares how it really transformed her to do what she, who she is today and the mindset she has and the 
lifestyle she has and the relationship she has in travel has been that key element, that key piece that really transformed her life. And I hear stories of that all the time of women who have lost their children and really turn to travel to find purpose in their life again. You know, those are really powerful things that people don't talk about when we see advertising for travel, that when we see these, you know, tourism marketing. Um, But it's the reality of travel. And that's really why, you know, I've grown the TCN to what it is, but I just continue to be inspired by these stories of just how transformative travel has been on the lives of others. Yeah. So um, when you are booking travel, there's no way to remove the dollars and cents from, you know, the the business side of travel. Uh, and you're looking at hotels, you're looking at flights or, you know, train rides, whatever you're doing, meals, et cetera, experiences, tickets. Uh, it's easy for a traveler to get stuck in a transactional mindset. And I, I think when we're interacting with other communities, other cultures, that transactional mindset can even be harmful, right? It can be kind of dangerous. So how do you coach people to sort of shift that mindset from all the transactions that have to happen as part of travel and instead open themselves up to those transformational experiences? Yeah, we hear terms nowadays like mindful travel and cultural immersion. And it's really just bringing those um, concepts to the surface and educating travelers on the possibilities. And this is something that I tell my coaches all the time is that just because you believe in and understand the power that travel has to transform you doesn't mean that everyone else or your ideal clients do. You have to paint that picture and and tell them just how impactful an experience can be and satisfy those needs and goals. Um, And you know, that's a problem that the travel industry has had, in my opinion, for so long is the this construct of this transaction, especially in the world of the planning and the booking of the trip. And when I think we don't get to that emotional stage, because travel is very un- emotional, it's very personal, when that stage is not addressed during the planning phase, it's missing the opportunity for the traveler to carry that emotion, that empathy, that compassion over into their tr- actual travel journey experience. And that's where I think the lack of consideration that we see sometimes for the environment or for the cultures or for, you know, even just the attitudes towards vacation sometimes, um, this like self-centered righteousness that we often hear from Mm -hmm. travelers because they have spent this much money, you know, I, they're not aware of that impact that they're making and just how travel can be viewed in such a more emotional, personal way. And I think having that emotion, that uh, empathy and compassion aspect has been lacking for quite some time. Yeah, I agree. Now, um, uh, very often when we think about transformational travel, um, what comes to mind is a picture of somebody in a foreign country, right? An exotic trip, you know, something that takes you very, very far from home. That's not possible for everybody for a whole variety of reasons. So uh, I wonder if you could help inspire people on how they can find some of those same experiences and outlets here in the U.S. or in North America. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that was something that we had to start thinking about during the pandemic when we weren't able to get on a plane. And travel doesn't mean having to get on a plane or bus or train and going very far. Travel is just, you know, going from one place to another. You can travel into your own local parks. Um, what I like to say is travel has the elements of travel, which are things like human connection, time and nature. Um, and these are things that all of the things that we would be seeking if we were to go abroad somewhere, we can find anywhere. But you have to acknowledge what am I in need of? So is that, I know for myself, I absolutely love the power of blue spaces and mm. green spaces. Uh, so being in nature. And that doesn't matter to me if it's the nearby lake or pond or if it's a stream or I'm somewhere abroad at near an ocean. There's a lot of power behind uh, the benefits of being near bodies of water. And so finding what it is that you're looking for and where does that exist around me where I can go. And sometimes it's simply just a change of routine and mm. a change of environment that people need um, or that social interaction as well. Yeah. So a lot of our listeners are people that plan travel for groups. They may be tour operators or, you know, travel agents that put group packages together. So uh, I know your background has been in a lot of solo travel, but I wonder if you have some ideas about how people can plan those intentionally uh, meaningful or transformational experiences into a group itinerary uh, when there may be 10, 15, 20 plus plus people all mm -hmm. involved. Yeah, that's a great question because... Um, yes, my background is solo travel, but working with my travel coaches, many of them do work with group travel, group trips, whether they go on the group trips with them or they host retreats. Um, and so what I like to say is just because it's a group, there's a couple of things. Because it's a group, there's also that group is made up of individuals mm. and each individual is looking for something different. Just because you have an itinerary and a set sort of activities or experiences that they check the box, yes, I am ready for that, doesn't mean they're looking for the same outcome out of each one of that those key pieces of that itinerary. So doing an assessment of your individual uh, travelers is really important instead of grouping them and sending a generic questionnaire, really understanding what each one is looking for. Mm. And then also having tapping into the power of group travel. So social interaction, human connection, storytelling, really that personalization and getting to know one another and why are they on this trip? That too can add even more depth to a group experience of not only what are you experiencing on your own or as a group externally, but within one another. Connect with each other. Why are you on this journey? And how, you know, what was your motivating factor to come on this trip? And everyone's going to have a different perspective. So really bringing those concepts to the surface. And this is stuff that we often didn't talk about mm -hmm. before. It's been very, like you said, transactional. Here's the itinerary. Here's the trip. Let's have some fun. But really getting to that emotional aspect of the trip, um, self-reflection, um, you know, especially post-trip as well is really important for the travel expert, the business owner, to really gain that insight of how can I make this experience even richer for my group. So would you suggest that that business owner or that travel planner uh, 
get really intentional about creating those moments for social connection, for sharing uh, during the trip? Or is it something that happens organically uh, often enough that they can kind of just generally create space and, and it will sort of happen on its own? I think it's a combination of both. There's human connection between the people that we meet while we're traveling. So whether it's the locals, um, it can be a human connection of organizing a volunteer giving back experience. Um, how can they make an impact? And maybe it is a, something like a social dinner. Maybe there are qu certain questions that are asked during mealtime or when you're on the bus going from one destination to another when people tend to be a little bit more quieter. So it really depends on um, that specific group and what that business owner has in mind. Um, but as we know through travel, there's so many different ways to get human connection and social interaction. So kind of mixing that up. Yeah, I love that. Now, you mentioned retreats a minute ago, and that is intriguing to me because I think a lot of people think of a, a group vacation as, you know, you got to go to all these places and do all these things. But you have coaches that, that do a lot of retreats in your uh, community there. So tell us what a retreat looks like as a travel experience and how people can use that and leverage it to create those transformational moments. Yeah. So I think a retreat is going to be take the group trip concept and really um, centralize it on that human connection aspect. So mm. that more time together, that more intentional, what are we doing with our time? And then tapping into the destination as an added benefit to their overall experience. So whether it's a theme of exploration or going off the beaten path or immersing into a culture, and then taking the time to reflect on, well, why are we here in this retreat? What are we looking to get out of it? A lot of times there's a healing aspect, but there's themes to different retreats as well. So working with my coaches and hearing what they have, why they take uh, their clients on retreats and the type of the retreats and the type of clients that come. Um, you know, a, what I've heard recently from a coach is that they were running retreats for people during these life transitions. So especially during career transitions, when they're just looking for clarity and, and purpose. So those are two aspects right there that really need to be focused on. And how can you as the travel expert take these different elements of travel and really, um, you know, amplify that overall theme and outcome that your clients were looking for from the beginning? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, I could pick your brain on this all day. I know you've got lots of other stuff to do. So uh, we're going to let you go in just a moment. But first, tell people where they can find you, follow you, find your podcast, uh, learn more about your network. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, if you want to find myself, Sahara Rose, the travel coach on Facebook, Instagram, um, TikTok. If you'd like to follow the Travel Coach Network, you can find the Travel Coach Network across all the platforms and our website. Um, we do have a free beginner's guide to travel coaching on our website as well. Um, and come join us in our Travel Coach Network global community, our open community. Yeah. And you have a podcast as well, right? Yep. The Travel Coach Network podcast. Fantastic. We will link to all that in the show notes. So before we let you go, we have some fun questions we ask everybody and no pressure on these. So you can just answer off the top of your head. Uh, when you travel, are you booking a window seat or an aisle seat? Window. Yeah. Just for the view? Um, a couple different reasons. I'm six feet tall and I don't like when the cart hits my knees and legs. So <laughs> I try to get as far in as possible. Yeah. Makes total sense. 
So what's something in your carry-on that you wouldn't travel without? My carry-on? Um, I always like to just have something to write. Mm. Um, you know, when I was traveling, I always had a little notebook where I guess this just ages me, but we didn't have <laughs> all the the tools and apps that we have today. Yeah. So I would always have a notebook that would write down my directions that I of the hostel I just booked. Um, but I like to just write what I'm thinking all the time. So I always carry a little notebook, a notepad uh, in my carrier. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's smart. I love that. Uh, if you had a free airline pass and a week with nothing else to do, where would you be headed next? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, geez, I've been to so many places. I always love going back to Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I'm married and my husband husband hasn't been pretty much anywhere, um, I'd love to go back to show him some places that I just absolutely loved. So we'd probably go to Thailand, especially because it's winter time. It's co- going into winter time here in Wisconsin. And I usually escape all of our winters. Um, so the warm <laughs> weather sounds very appealing right now. I get that. Yeah. So that uh, ties perfectly to our last question, which is uh, what is something you have seen or done on the road that you wish you could go back and experience again with somebody you love? Oh, geez. Um, gosh, I've just seen such really incredible places. One place, too, that I really, really loved was... Um, Iceland because mm. I've been there a couple times now, but the topography of the land is just insane. There's everything from giant waterfalls to black sand beaches, um, you know, to icebergs all within just like 30 minutes of each other. Wow. So I can't, it's hard to explain the, you know, the lagoons, everything. It's hard to explain how awesome it is. So I would love to have my husband go with me to Iceland someday just to see how cool that the land is. Yeah, put it on the list. That sounds amazing. Sahara, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Brian, for having me. Well, I sure hope you enjoyed that conversation with Sahara Rose DeVore. You know, I always find it fascinating and uh, encouraging, inspiring to hear what new up and coming tourism entrepreneurs are doing, to hear about the possibilities they see for our industry and the creative ways that they are investing in making those ideas a reality. Now, I want to hit a few of the highlights of what Sahara shared again, just to make sure you don't miss some of these really important ideas. When we were talking about the benefits of travel coaching, Sahara said, Travel coaches help people set intentions for their trips and really understand why they want to get away so that they can make better planning and booking decisions. It's really about those underlying motivations and using travel as a tool for things like transformation, reaching personal or work goals, or boosting our overall well-being. You know, I think a lot of us intuitively have an understanding that travel can be impactful, that it can be transformational, that it can increase our well-being. But so often we just expect that to happen kind of automatically. It's kind of haphazard. Uh, It's unintentional. I love this idea of taking some time before a trip and getting very intentional about saying, not only what do I want to do during the trip, but what do I want to happen inside me during the trip? Uh, Or what do I want to happen inside my travelers during the trip? And how am I going to intentionally plan this experience to see to it that that takes place in the most impactful way 
possible. Cool idea there. Now, when we were talking specifically about the transformational potential of travel, Sahara said, oftentimes these transformations and changes we get in travel come as an afterthought. It's proof that travel really has the ability to make an impact and change us. And she said, I've heard of so many different ways that travel can transform us. Uh, We hear about escapism and wanting to get away. Travel can give us human connection, self-reflection, and the realization of just how much more is out there. The empathy we gain, the stories we hear from the people we encounter, all of these are transformational. So how do we help people tap into that transformation and actually use it to better their lives and relationships? Uh, I love this. And, and Sahara later went on to share stories of how she has seen travel uh, make huge impacts in her own life and the lives of other people. And it's something that we shouldn't take for granted. And I really think this is uh, the new frontier of travel in the 21st century. This is what people are looking for. And if we as an industry, if you as a professional can find ways to deliver that, you are going to be just fine in the coming age of tourism. And finally, when we were talking about the transformational power of group travel in particular, she said, that group is made up of individuals, and each individual is looking for something different. Just because they have an itinerary doesn't mean they're looking for the same outcome from that itinerary. So doing an assessment of your individual travelers is really important so you can really understand what each one is looking for. She went on to say, getting to the emotional aspect of the trip is really important for the business owner to gain insight on how they can make the experience even richer for their groups. You know, I've got to say, I don't think this is something that is a common practice in the group tour space. At least it hasn't been traditionally over the years, but maybe it should be because we all know there is power in community. We know there's power in group experiences, but I think we're a little bit guilty of painting with a broad brush and assuming that everyone who comes on our tours is looking to have the same experience. But if you can tap into some of these ideas and really find ways to tailor those experiences or, or build a broad enough, diverse enough experience that people with various needs and uh, emotional requirements can get what they're looking for from the trip, all being together on the trip, man, that just widens the possibilities for what our industry can do and gives us an even stronger value proposition going forward. Great stuff there from Sahara Rose DeVore. Well, it's an election year again here in the United States. And as we have seen in the past presidential election cycles, this one has a possibility to get especially contentious. And uh, that contentious nature tends to boil over into all elements of society. And I'm not so sure that is a great thing, especially for those of us who work in tourism. So I want to take a minute to talk to you about politics and how we should handle that topic in our industry in 2024. That is the topic of today's Hot Minute. Yeah, that's right. The Hot Minute is the portion of the show where I take 60 seconds to give you my unfiltered views on an issue that impacts tourism every day. Today, we're going to talk about politics and travel and how the two should and should not mix. So let's put 60 seconds on the clock and get into it. Here's a resolution we should all make for this new year. I will not mix politics with travel. If you're passionate about building a better country, 
I applaud you. But as we have seen in recent elections, that passion can boil over and become destructive. Now, I'm old enough to remember when it was considered impolite to talk about politics in professional contexts. And believe it or not, I still think that's the best approach. Your clients, your travel companions, your colleagues, they don't need to know who you're voting for or what you think of the latest political controversy. In fact, most of them are probably already sick of the subject. Travel has incredible power to transcend political divisions and build unity across diverse groups of people. If that's something you value, like me, then by all means, support your candidate, vote your conscience, but please try to keep politics out of travel. If we can manage that, 2024 will be a winning year for all of us. That's the hot minute. That's how I see things anyway. Of course, as always, you're welcome to disagree with me and we can still be friends. And hey, whether you agree or disagree, we would love to hear from you. I always look forward to uh, thoughts, questions, feedback from our audience, and you can reach me anytime at podcast at grouptravelleader.com. I read every email that comes into that address. I love hearing from you. And hey, you never know, your thoughts, questions, or ideas might just be the topic of the next hot minute. And hey, while you're in the mood to give us some feedback, would you do me a favor? Go to your favorite podcast player. And if you haven't already hit that follow or subscribe button, do that now so that you get the next episode of Gather and Go automatically. And while you're there, we would love for you to give us a rating, leave us a review. Those are super helpful. And I am so thankful to everyone who has done that so far. My thanks as well to Sahara Rose DeVore for joining us today. On the next episode, I'm going to bring you a really helpful conversation with Dr. Tammy Allen of Travel Meds to Go, all about how to stay healthy on the road. You're not going to want to miss that one. Until then, though, remember this. At the end of the day, we're all on this trip together, so let's make it a good one. See you next time on Gather and Go. Gather and Go is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Jewell. Our publisher is Mac Lacey. Tanya Simmons is our creative director. Ashley Ricks is our circulation manager and graphic designer. Our sales team is Kyle Anderson and Bryce Wilson. To advertise on the podcast, call Kyle or Bryce at 859-253-0455. Gather and Go is a production of the Group Travel Leader. For more information on our podcast, magazines, and events, visit us online at grouptravelleader.com. This episode was sponsored by Visit Atlantic City. This vibrant city awaits your arrival, and the knowledgeable staff is on hand to assist you with everything you need to make your group visit a success. Learn more at visitatlanticcity.com.